We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Felt like it's a very good comparison for the next, I don't know, 45 minutes of the podcast that you're about to hear. Yeah, dude. If you play back pods, Andy was just chanting, lock her up, lock her up. <laughs> just kidding. Um, no, it's it's like night and day. Last year was so frustrating for a myriad of reasons. Uh, just poor front office decisions, poor coaching decisions. Uh, Draymond looked washed beyond belief. Um, <laughs> really, the only good thing about last season was Steph Curry. <laughs> Uh, I, I really, I think it's a good place to start, man, because it's the crazy, right? Like you're talking, it's insane. What, what, uh, and the difference is now we, I think you were higher on this team than I was. And even you are wrong <laughs> after 20 games, you thought they'd be what a three seed, right? I thought they'd be in the four or five range. Maybe. Yeah. If you, more. if you listen to our Ooh. season preview, I, we both took the over. I thought, I thought they were definitely going to win 50 games. Um, I was thinking three seed. I thought Phoenix and Utah were going to be better regular season teams than them you know i thought the dub they were just going to rack up the w's and i thought the warriors would be one of those teams that was like subtly better by the end of the year but you know maybe 52 maybe 55 wins if everything went well um you were a little lower than that but you were still at that like 50 win bar if i remember correctly and 18 and 2 man they look like first off at this point it's like 60 looks like what we should be talking about as a barrier and I mean, everything's going well. Let's let's start on the Clipper game today before we get all the yep. way into it. That was that was a hell of a defensive game. I mean, where do you want to start? Uh, defensive is one way to put it. Um, you mentioned a few times that the Clippers are a good a, a good matchup for the Warriors. Um, I think it's I think it's good for the Warriors to play teams like the Clippers. They're just they're a team that like they're grimy because they don't have as much talent as other teams. Right. Um, they're a team, and but they're athletic. Um, and the Warriors, I felt like they they slept, walked through it, which we expected, right? I, th- I think both of us thought, yeah, they maybe they'll pull it out at the at the end. Maybe they lose. Like it, it really, it's fine either way. They're seventeen and two. Um, but what really what really happened was that Steph got pissed off. That's really my theme. Is that 
that's what Kobe used to do, man. Like I didn't watch MJ growing up because I was five years old or no years old, but that was Kobe growing up. Like when Kobe heard some shit, whether it be real or not, he said, all right, fuck this. I don't care that it's a Sunday afternoon. Nobody's watching this game. It's a matinee in LA. The team is drunk. Everyone's watching Jimmy G versus Kirk Cousins. <laughs> I mean, shit, Not enjoying I it, but they are. <laughs> right? I was on the big screen. Like, I, screen one was, was Jimmy G, Kirk Cousins, man. And uh, Steph said, nah, you know what? I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put on a show. And, and, and I say this if people didn't watch the game. Uh, Steph got fouled by Terrence Mann at the rim, um, and the ref didn't call it. And Steph essentially just went off and got teed up by the ref. And then after that, he kind of just put on an, an absolute clinic. Um, yeah, so a couple things. I think the Clippers are a good matchup defensively against the Warriors because they have a ton of wings. They didn't even have Batum playing today. Right. Uh, he was out. Uh, obviously, Kawhi's out. But, like, Ty Lu, probably the best coach at game planning against the Warriors over the years, right? Um, and they have a lot of personnel who can switch everything and make games ugly, uh, whether they're healthy or not. Like, they have the framework of a team that I think can give the Warriors problems. And it was kind of a dogfight game. Like, I thought the Warriors played really good defense. It was a physical game most of the way through. Wiggins struggled with his shot. Jordan Poole was basically a non-factor in offense for two and a half quarters until he completely caught fire in the middle of the third and kind of really sparked the Warriors. And then that moment you're talking about, that was psychopath Steph stuff where he gets fouled by Terrence Mann. It wasn't that bad a foul. Let's be real. And then the ref doesn't give it to him. And then he's just like, oh, it's going to be like that. Three straight threes. And the last two were absolutely ridiculous. Yep. And it was one of those where like, okay, we still got another six miss play in this game, but it's over. It's utterly over. He ended it. And I don't even think we're, we're talking about the best thing Steph did today. I thought Steph's defense, right. six steals. I mean, He's playing best defense of his career right now. And he just, Draymond said best player in the NBA. Or actually, no, sorry, Juan Toscano-Anderson did. And both right. of them did too. Right. right. And I don't really know it's disputable. It's like, I mean, KD's doing an amazing job in Brooklyn, but it's really Steph or KD. You can't even make a case for really anyone else. Giannis no. really got going this year. I mean, he's starting to get going now, but like they had such a slow start to the season. Um. Braun has injuries and I don't even know if LeBron's on that level, but like, I'm not, not going to write him off, but like he, yeah, if he's going to do it, it has to be like in a series at this point. Like it's not going to be in the regular season anymore. Yeah. And I mean, Steph is, I was looking at the numbers. There's almost zero difference between Steph right now and what he did during the 15 and 16 MVP years, like exactly the same efficiency, all that sort of stuff, except I would say he's a better player today because I think he has yes. better counters and better IQ. Like he had a harder. Yep. He had a move against Portland on Friday where he just bully balled. Uh, was it Anthony Simons inside where it's just like, he just pushed him out of the way and bullied him in a way he wouldn't have done. Five oh, it was not Sarah little actually. No, it was, it was small forward. It's crazy, right? Even crazier, but yeah, keep, keep going. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, uh, it's, you could back uh, during the beginning of the run, uh, Steph was supremely talented, but you could kind of rattle him here or there uh, in the sense of like, he wasn't a vet in terms of knowing what to do at this point. It's just complete control of his game. Yeah. Does whatever he wants when he wants. And I mean, we could talk about every 
every episode. I, I think I think part of the defense stuff. You're right. I mean, the killer instinct is the number one thing for me. That I I wish I saw it more from Steph in regular season games, but he gets it. You can't do it every. Well, I guess you could. But again, Steph's going to play till he's 38. Some of these guys, like Kobe, for example, didn't get to play that long because he was such a murderer every single time, right? Um, and Steph, he, we know he's going to be this good for at least the next two, three years. But um, defensively is a, is the huge one. Don't you feel like part of why he's doing this defensively is what he heard from people? It's it's really the the last thing, the last part of his game where people constantly, constantly um, uh, hate on him for is to say that he can't play defense. And and we, you and I, and all the listeners know that he's a good defender and he's been a good defender for the better part of half a decade here, especially through the championship seasons. But nobody, nobody cares, right? Nobody talks about that. But now I think this season is when people start to realize that because they have no choice but to realize it, right? Like you have no choice. That's how good he's playing defensively. It's not even just the steals. It's the fact that he's able to stay in front of guys and he's playing that hard every single day. Uh, just that game against James Harden against Brooklyn, where he's just st- standing out in front of him and saying, yeah, I'm down to switch against James Harden. <laughs> right. It doesn't matter to me. You know what I think of when I see Steph? Um, I think of two things here. One, Steve Kerr had a quote in the post game where he says, this is the best shape Steph's ever been in. And he's not just mm-hmm. talking about like endurance strength. He's talking about the whole thing. He's like, Steph has worked on his body so much. Like he's, physically in better shape than we've ever seen him. And I would agree with that. Like the, the difference between Steph now and five, six years ago is, is purely physical. He's stronger than he used to be right. Without losing any of his skills. What I was going to throw on top of that, which makes it wild to me is like, he reminds me of Tom Brady, dude. (laughs) You know how like Tom Brady, he look like Mahomes has a stronger arm than him. Right. Uh, Lamar Jackson, better athlete than he'll ever be. Uh, Aaron Rodgers, better arm than Tom. All these guys have like better physical tools than Brady, but Brady just outworks everyone. And I swear to God, Brady's arm got stronger it did. at 38 than it was at 28. He became a better athlete as he aged, like relative to where he started. And it's through like maniacal work ethic. And, and like Steph, Brady did the whole like, you know, he, he doesn't like, he, he, he pretends like, oh, geez, you know, not that big a deal. Right. But like, you know, like inside that, that, the that, psychopath. that, by the way, is the biggest point. I, I, Brady doesn't, you know, he talks about kind of the, the TB 12 and all that, but he doesn't constantly throw in your face that he is the hardest working guy. I, I thought it was interesting when a, a couple months ago now, maybe when right. Gronk went up and, and, and on the, the Manning cast and said, Hey, like, I don't actually watch film. You know what I mean? And then they have Brady on and Brady was like, nah, he doesn't actually do anything. He, he just, you know, he just runs the routes and you just know that's a lie, right? Yeah. <laughs> there's a fucking lie. There's no way those guys, I mean, there's no way Gronk doesn't watch film, but like, there's no way that that's true. And I think part of that is just them. I think it's part of them saying like, we're not going to keep talking about us. The game is going to prove the game itself and what we do and the work we put, it's going to show. And with Steph, I think it's, Man, like 33 going on to 34, and he's the best player in the NBA at 6'3. That's the other thing, right? Like how yeah. small he is, the fact that he's this good offensively and defensively. I we didn't plan on talking about Steph for this long, but I think the more <laughs> the more you just think about it, the more crazy. The, is he unanimous MVP good right now? I would say yeah. yeah. He's having that good of a season right now, 20 games in. Yeah. So I mean, the only the only thing I want to bring into it is because like we're talking about the first 20 games, the Warriors are 18 and two. 
and there's a lot of reasons why they're 18 and two, but it starts with Steph Curry. It starts with Steph Curry playing at a certain level. And it, we would be remiss if we didn't start talking about that. And like, you know, we, we talked about it and, and I'd be lying if I'm not sitting here thinking like, dude, you don't want to waste years of this guy's prime. You know, you don't like, you want to go for it for as long as he's playing at this level. But there's another part of me, which is thinking, I don't know how long his prime's going to last. Like we might get another five. What's to say he can't do what Tom Brady did in football for basketball. What's to say he can't be the guy who has an extended prime to 38. You know, I, I don't know, like, cause he's not the physical freak that LeBron is. And, you know, cause LeBron's one of one, right. In terms of just like body and like some of the physical stuff he can do. But like Steph is a weird physical freak combined with like an insane work ethic that like, why can't he have an extended prime and all that sort of stuff too? You know, he already has an extended prime by like normal basketball standards. Shout out James Harden, shout out Russell Westbrook, both of whom are declining for different reasons. Uh, I, I, and I they're the same age as him. I think um, I thought about that actually the other day is that it's crazy that, you know, they used to put stuff in the same tier as guys like Harden and, and uh, and Russell Westbrook and CP3 and Dame. And it's crazy. You think about it now. And what his career is not even over. And Steph is so fucking far ahead of those guys. I think CP3 is a good good comp. He's 36. He's going to be 37 by the time that the NBA, the Western Conference Finals, NBA Finals comes around. Um, and that guy's still, he's pretty damn good, right? So um, I think that's that's a good comp. And Steph is twice as good as the guy, right? And shooting is even better. So I think that's a, that's a pretty good comp for, for how Steph is going to be uh, moving forward. Golden State Warriors basketball is finally back and there's no need to exhaust yourself searching all over the internet to find Warriors tickets anymore because TickPick, that's T-I-C-K-P-I-C-K, is the original no-fee ticket site and the only one you'll ever need as your go-to for all NBA tickets. TickPick got rid of all the awful service fees that the other ticket sites charge, which lets them guarantee the best price on all of their NBA tickets. If you don't believe it, if you can find better prices for the same seats on another ticket site, TickPick will actually give you 110% of the difference in the purchase price. I actually did that for the San Francisco Giants game against the LA Dodgers game one, compared it to another site that I usually use. TickPick was actually cheaper. Uh, so there you go. But make sure you go to TickPick uh, for all your Warriors tickets games this season. Visit TickPick.com today to save $10 on your first order of Golden State Warriors tickets. Again, it's TickPick.com. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. 
Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Um, so let's get back on team. Just had to start with some Steph talk. Um, the Warriors are 18 and 2. They are second in offense in the NBA right now. Utah has a better offense statistically than them. They have the best defense in the NBA. And I feel like defense is where we really need to start this thing right now. They're the only team with a defensive rating below 100. For those of you who like metrics, the point is they are generating stops at pretty much at an elite clip. Draymond Green for my money, defensive player of the year, first 20 games through the season. He is, he looks reborn like Steph. It's, you know, it's, he looks as good as I've seen Draymond look on yep. defense. Yep. Um, where do we, do we want to, I think Dray, the one concern I have about Draymond before we get to the good stuff is that he's playing so hard that I, I don't know if he can keep it up for four, 80 games. I know that Steph can. Draymond, it's a little harder. That's the only concern I have, Sam. I don't want to do it. But a- he is, I, I will, I'll give you a counterfactual. He's okay. at 30 minutes a game right now. He has played below 30 minutes okay. in at least half the games. Like there's a lot of, um, you know, if you want to look back at the uh, the 73 win season, he played mm-hmm. 35 minutes mm-hmm. a game. Yep. Right now he's playing almost exactly 30. It's like 29.9 or yeah. on the dot. I- and of those, uh, just to pull it up to, to be accurate here, yeah, he has played less than 30 minutes in 10 of the 19 games he's played. So there is a level of sustainability to how hard he's playing if he doesn't have to play as many minutes. Yeah, it, there is. It's just, but the way he's playing them, he fell down today after a layup attempt, after a foul, and I just watched him get up, and I was like, oh. He's fine. He's going to be able to play through it like that little knee bro- bone uh, knee bruise that he had a few weeks ago. But, you know, those, those type of things add up throughout the season. And, and I maybe he doesn't miss games, but the effectiveness kind of lowers, right? The more he kind of uh, mm-hmm. the, the wear and tear. It's not even about playing the five. It's just overall wear and tear. But regardless, outside of that, um, defenses. I mean, they shut the shut the water off on some of these teams in the second half. Where it's against the Clippers today, it was it was just crazy to watch. I mean, it's not like the Clippers have terrible talent. They got Paul George, Reggie Jackson, their second best player on offense, at zero points the entire game. It's not a bad basketball player. Yeah, no chance, absolutely no chance about against this defense. And so, yeah, after twenty games, we thought we thought the offense was going to be good. The defense being the best in the league is is. We talked, about, kinda, we talked about it with uh, with Slater last week. No one thought this, including the Warriors' own coaching staff, thought their defense would be this good. Just because, like, when you put Otto Porter, who has been – he's done everything we thought he'd do on offense with spreading the floor and uh, just adding viable shooting. But, like, you know, there were concerns about him defensively because he's just lost a lot of athleticism. 
He's playing good defense because next to Draymond Green. They're able to get this really good defense because they're all smart. You know, it's it's less athleticism they had last year, but significantly more IQ. Yeah. The one thing, and, and one thing I've noticed a lot too is they it it's most Gary Payton, they didn't know what's going to be on this team playing minutes. I mean, if they said that, I they mean, knew they'd be lying. I mean, he got a roster spot after yeah. camp ended. So, like, <laughs> literally, he wasn't him. in the plans. Yeah. <laughs> like, they only they, they they put him through the, the waivers because they want to pay him as much as to save something, like, to save a couple million of tax money. So, I think that's a huge part of it because now that you've got Steph as a very good defender, they can put, they can put GP2 in at the same time um, or with Steph, and you lose nothing, essentially. Um, and, a, and a big thing, too, I think, is you lose nothing going up and down the roster defensively. I mean, whoever you put in is going to fit defensively. JTA is going to come and he's going to be good, right? GP2 is kind of coming. He's good. Jamie and Lee knows what he's doing. Every, everybody. Yeah, right? it's, and, like, it's, it's like half the roster is guys who are legitimately good individual defenders, like Igudala, who hasn't played in five, six games. But, like, the first 10 games of the season, he might have been their second best defender, you know? Uh, up until his knee starts swelling. And that's yeah. probably going to be the deal with Andre. He's probably going to play half the games this year. Yeah, you're not going to see him for a But while. be there in the playoffs. But, like, when he plays, he still looks like Iguodala on defense. Uh, obviously, Draymond's defensive player of the year caliber. Wiggins might end up making an all-defensive team. Uh, he's playing. He's built upon last year's defense, in my opinion. He's playing with a little more confidence on that end. And it's, like, it's getting better I'll put it this way. It's been better the last five games than it was the previous five games than it was the previous five games before that. So like give him credit for continually building on it. Obviously GP two. I mean, he might be the best point of attack defender in the league. And then the guys who aren't as good defensively, they're both high IQ and they compete, you know, like Otto Porter can't move that well, but he's intelligent. He's in the right spot yep. and you got good defenders around him. Bielitsa intelligent. will get to the right spot. Um, Jordan Poole, he's a work in progress on defense, but the dude definitely like it's not a D-Lo situation. He will try to get into your jersey. He tries to defend. And if you if you have enough good defenders, you can get away with the guy who's maybe not as good, but at least he commits to the team scheme. Now, I think what's going to be important the next 20 games or the whatever, right? right. Is is the teams that they're gonna play that is going to force Steve to shorten the rotation. He's not going to want to, but let's just say, for example, they play the Phoenix Suns. We're going to talk about this in a bit twice this week, and then they're going to play the Sixers. They're going to play all these teams that are contenders. And all of a sudden, you try to play Otto Porter and Nemanja Bielitsa, they just get torched for five minutes in the first half, right? And, and when that happens, do you still play him in the second, right? Like, do they still play? GP2 is a great defender, but what if he's just absolutely miserable and you're playing three on five on offense, offensively, right? Because he can't shoot. So, like, I think those yeah, the, are the questions. Counters, once teams start yep. getting, because, like, right now, it's strength in numbers. They're running through everyone. They look like 2014-15. Let's see what it looks like in 20 to 30 games once teams have a little film on them. Yeah. yeah. Well, sure. and, then, and then, you know, me answering you, you answering me. The easy answer is then 20 games from now, they got that one guy coming back, right, who we're also going to talk about in a second. But, like, that's – I think that's their counter. That That's their big counter. But for now – this team by itself. And that's why this, this week is so important because I want to see what they look like when they've got to go up against Mikhail Bridges, Jay Crowder, Chris Paul, right? And those guys defensively, how are they, or offensively, 
right? How are they going to go up against those long on the on the other end of the floor? How are they going to guard Devin Booker, DeAndre Ayton? DeAndre Ayton's kind of an athletic rim runner, you know, finish inside guy that they haven't really had to deal with, you know. So it's it's going to be fun to deal with that. We'll get to Phoenix in a minute. Yep. But before we get there, we didn't really even talk about who I think are the two most interesting players on the team through 20 games, Andrew Wiggins and Jordan Poole. Um, I'm going to read you some numbers, okay? Right now, Steph is leading the team with you know 29 points a game, almost seven assists, almost six rebounds. He's, he's just playing Steph ball, right? Like there's really – he's shooting 42% from three, even though he's on pace to break his own record, um, you know, just MVP level. Wiggins averaging 19, 49.7%, 37 and a half from three, uh, four and change rebounds, one and a half assists, which is a career low. And uh, Jordan Poole averaging 18.1 points, about 45% from the field. He's shooting 60% on twos. Both Poole and Wiggins are finishing inside in the elite clip. Uh, Poole had an awful start from three-point range. It's starting to come around. He's close to 34%, also giving him about three and a half assists. I think the synergy between Poole, Wiggins, and Steph has been really cool to watch. Like It's really balanced offensively. Um, I'm going to start with Andrew Wiggins. Um, terrible start to the season. Um, vaccine stuff and, and knee injury and, and conditioning and all of that. Once he got past that, has been incredible. Once he dunked on Cat, he's been an all-star, yeah. basically. Yeah, I mean, he's looked like one. He's played like one. And, and one play I want to highlight today that I thought was pretty important is uh, went up against Paul George. Two plays. First one is he went up against Paul George, didn't go anywhere. He didn't settle for his mid-range. Ended up passing into Draymond, who then passed to Looney for an M1 layup, which I think he's completely cut out the mid-range jump shot. And then he comes back a quarter later, goes right through Paul George for a contested layup instead of, instead of settling for a fadeaway. And I think that's really the, that's the biggest change for me that matters, is that he doesn't even shoot that mid-range pull-up anymore. If it's wide open, yeah, he'll shoot it. But he's not doing the fadeaway. He's not doing the all right, I'm just, I don't want to pass it, but I want to get a comfortable shot up. I'm just going to chuck this baby up, you know, three, four, five times a game. Don't do that. Does not do that. And I think that makes life so much easier for him, especially the numbers, but also it makes the game easier for everyone else. Like there's nothing worse than watching someone, your teammate shoot up something like that. And so I think that's, that's the biggest piece for me for Andrew Wiggins, man. Like the, the IQ has gotten a lot better playing and this on, is on a team that requires it. And this is where I think Jordan Poole's impact cannot be understated because I mentioned Wiggins career low in assists. He also has career low in touches, career low in isolations, career low in pick and rolls. He's playing purely an off ball role and he can play purely an off ball role because Jordan pulls the secondary ball handler. Obviously Steph's the main option. Draymond's the main facilitator. We know Looney or whoever can move the ball, but then you got Jordan Poole, who's kind of your secondary creator. Wiggins can just concentrate on spotting up or cutting inside, making aggressive moves that way. He never has to dribble the ball. And by not having to dribble the ball, he's not getting stuck in those situations where he just takes these kind of lazy yeah, mid-range yeah, shots. There you go. Yeah. It goes without saying, least mid-range shots he's taken in his career also. I think it's, it ties I should have had that stat. I should have had that stat. It would have helped, but thank you. I mean, it, it But it ties together. I think Jordan Poole, uh, Wiggins deserves credit for the aggression he's playing with. Like, he's cutting really decisively. And when he does that, like, the athleticism pops. 
he's always had that in him. He's just never done it with consistency, but letting him just be the off ball cutter and not have to be, not have to think about creating plays for other people makes it so much easier. And, and honestly, that's probably who he is. You know, uh, he's not Kevin Durant. He's not Paul George. He's not one of these guys who you want like probing with the ball in their hands because they can pass dribble and shoot. You want him cutting and just taking open shots or getting a cut to the rim. You don't want him to be the guy who's getting you five, six assists a game. And the fact that they have Jordan, that's where it comes back to Jordan Poole. He can do that because they have because they have Jordan Poole to do it. Last year, they had Kelly Oubre or Kent Bazemore starting next to Steph. Yeah, it's even worse, actually. It literally, I mean, they, literally is Wiggins worse. had to be the secondary creator, and he's not good at it. Like, he just isn't. So, yeah, well, I mean, like the thing is, like Clay wouldn't be good at it either. Like, there's only exactly, so many. There's exactly. only there's only so many players in the league that that and Draymond wasn't good for a majority of that season last year. We just we talked about it, and when you and a lot of it is just to coach Steve and Steve 2.0 in the in the in the front office to put good players around him to make that possible. Um, it makes it more fun when your game when the game's easier. Um, Jordan Poole on him. Um, he's been a lot better lately. I think he's made, he's made better choices with the ball in his hands. Um, I still have a I look of disgust on my face whenever I watch him chuck up this type of shots that he wants to chuck up, but um, they need that. They need him. I, I wish that he would get to the rim more, but I think he's going to be someone where you're just going to have to live with some of the shots that he's going to take because of what he brings on the ball today. Um, <laughs> what's the guy's name? Hartenstein? Block yeah, pull at the rim, yeah. yeah, Hardenstein, and then and then yell at him on the floor, which I did thought. I mean, I wish the NBA didn't call it a tech. It's like the NFL, just let these guys play. But got called for a tech, and Jordan Bull hits four threes <laughs> in the next like three minutes, which is very Steph like. So, um, like he just he turned the game. I mean, Steph turned the game, but those two guys, man, like you, God, I just can't wait till Clay is also out there shooting the ball like that. He's not um. He's not super consistent yet because he's young. Because he's 22. But he plays with a ton of confidence, and he's incredibly skilled with the ball, and they've needed it. It's So they've they've always, like, I mean, KD was the guy they had in the past, and, like, okay, yeah, well, KD is one of the best players ever. So obviously you want to have that. But it's, like, outside of KD, they haven't really had a secondary shot creator. It's been a lot of, like, you know, if if the offense breaks down, it's like Steph save us, right? I I do think I do think there's one thing, yes, and I think that's an X factor that they're going that they haven't had that 14 15 team team didn't have. Leandro Barbosa, you know, he right, could be right. like that type of type of guy. Uh, one another thing about Jordan Poole is um, not an ISO player, like he's a one step and go type of guy. Um, Many times, I think, this season where if he's in a straight ISO situation where right. he has to dribble, 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 uh, he's not there yet. But if you're talking about he's on the weak side, he gets to the ball and he makes one move, he's gone. Like one of the quickest first steps on, on the team, probably the quickest um, on the team. So Dude, that Euro, that Euro he had on Portland. On, oh on Dame, right? Oh yeah, that's God, yeah, that just for an example of just the skill level of the, the quick first step. And, you know, you're right. He's, he's gotten really like, he doesn't pound the ball. He's gotten no. pretty good at picking his spots and it's still work in progress, but I, I think his progression might be the most important thing to this team come playoff time yep. because he's a, he's a counter punch player. Like we know, 
that when you play the better teams in the playoffs, a lot of the beautiful game stuff the Warriors want to do gets taken away from you. And, you know, Steph's going to do his thing and Clay hopefully come back and do his, but you want to have someone you can throw in there who can create their own shot when defenses sell out aggressively. And all in all, I, I just think those two next to Steph have been as good as one could hope. And I think it's a really awesome balance between the three. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Let's get to the Suns game. So obviously this week they'll play Phoenix Tuesday night in Phoenix and then Friday night uh, at Chase. Uh, the rare back-to-back. They obviously also play them on Christmas. We're hoping Clay will be back for that one. Um, Phoenix is the second best team in the NBA right now. They're 17-3. and three. They have they have the uh, seventh best offense and the third best defense. So they're they're similar to the Warriors in the sense of just good on both sides of the ball, even though they yep. play a completely different style. Yep. And they have been on, is it a 15 game winning streak right now? Something absurd. 14 or 15. Um, how excited are you for this? I, I'm excited. I'm excited. One thing I want to, um, it feels like 14, 15, 15 in that. I'm look, Sam, I'm not calling the Phoenix Suns, the Atlanta Hawks, but I'm saying I don't take the Suns as seriously, as seriously as I think a lot of people do. They went to the um, finals last year. Yeah, congratulations. Um, uh, I don't think that they are this juggernaut that I think people – They're. I, I don't know. I, I just feel like they're more of – how should I say this? Just say it, bro. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think they're kind of a fluke. I really do. I think – I think what they did last season in the postseason, they got through a Lakers team uh, because of the injuries. Um, they looked good against Giannis, but they also played a Milwaukee team that kind of was scared on the big stage as they were. Then when Giannis figured it out, he kind of he dragged them on, dragged them through and won that series for them. Um, and I think that they have Chris Paul, but we know what Chris Paul is. And I'm kind of specifically talking about the postseason. Then they have DeAndre, who I think is fine, but not special. The only guy that I'm, genuinely scared of is Devin Booker, right? He's a guy that can get his own shot. That, I think, is the storyline for the next two games. If Andrew Wiggins, Gary Payton, Draymond Green just essentially can't stop him and he goes for 35 on efficient shooting and they win one or two games, then I'm going to say, okay, that's probably a problem. But if they find a way to close him out and, and guard Devin Booker, I think that's something that those Prime Warriors teams did so well. Like, they just do an Andre Iguodala on him, right? Like, they face guys that were better. And they threw an Andre who obviously isn't playing, but JTA, GP2, 
Draymond, Andrew Wiggins, I feel like is going to be good enough. But anyway, one thing, one thing I'm curious about. So I, I, I tweeted out that I would, you know, if Kawhi comes back, I would be more afraid of the Clippers than the Suns because I think I'd the agree. Clippers have the type of roster that can like muck up a lot of the Warriors stuff. Just if they can throw a lineup where they have like Batum at center, Kawhi at power forward, PG at small forward, Terrence Mann, and like Reggie Jackson, like they can switch everything and be a real nightmare for the Warriors. Yep. Now, I don't think it's happening because I, I just don't really think Kawhi's coming back no this way. year. But like you get what I'm saying. Those type of teams have been the type of teams that stylistically bother the Warriors. And Suns fans got, you know, ornery at me over that one being like, Love what do that. you mean? What do you mean we don't have versatility on defense? We have Michael Bridges, uh, Jay Crowder. Jay Crowder. DeAndre Ayton, Cam Johnson. It's like, okay, Bridges legitimately fits the mold of the type of wing who tech Cam Johnson in there. You sicko. I, I that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm they cu- said. I'm curious oh, to see. I like I know Cam Johnson's gonna or sorry. I know Mikael Bridges is gonna be a problem. Like that dude's got all defense team wing talent. Like he can really guard a bunch of guys. He's super long. Uh he's probably as good defensively as Wiggins. Like he's just a pain, right? On the defensive end, but like Jay Crowder, I've always felt like Jay Crowder is one of those guys who's like, he's good, but like, he's not a stopper on the wing. Like, let's, let's not, act, let's not Correct. act like he's, let's not act like he's prime Iguodala or something like that. Cam Johnson has become a lot better defensively, but again, not really a stopper. DeAndre Ayton, super mobile, but are you really worried about DeAndre Ayton switching on to Steph? Do you think Steph can't cook him? Um, petrified. You know what I'm saying? Um, I'm curious to see because the Suns, as good as they are, and they're a really good team, and I do believe they're a legitimately good team, they've kind of got a more traditional setup, and I just want to see how it looks when the Warriors go with Draymond at five. Does Aiton cause them problems, or does Draymond cause him problems? Um, how do they deal with Steph? Can he switch things? How do they deal with Jordan Pull off the weak side? Can Wiggins kind of get what he wants cutting weak side and you know the last few games Wiggins has done this thing which is one of my favorite moves he'll cut baseline seal his man and in went everyone on the perimeter and then just quickly go to work on like a quick post up yeah, right there yeah, yeah. Um, and it works because the Warriors are spacing the floor so well shout out our guy Kenny Atkinson and Kerr 2.0 um, but like because that's going so well um, you're able to get Wiggins into these positions where he's a one-on-one around the rim and he goes to it. How does that work versus Phoenix? Are they going to have Aiton just camp out there? You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm just, I'm just curious because as good as Phoenix is, like, I'm not trying to be super cocky and condescending, <laughs> but like, I don't know that like, that's the construct of a team that worries me against the Warriors. It's you've put it a lot better than I did, man. <laughs> um, it's, it's, but it does sound like you're more, you're not as threatened by the Phoenix defense. I'm less threatened by the Phoenix offense, um, which is kind of funny. So I guess we're less worried about different sides of the ball. Um, I see your point, though. And I think the, the big, big, big piece is that DeAndre Ayton is integral to the defense. That's a problem. Whenever you when, – yeah, whenever, just whenever you have to play Steph Curry and your best defender is DeAndre Ayton and is a big man that can't come out into the perimeter, you've got a problem. Is there is there any team you're concerned about on offense against the Warriors? Because like for me, I kind of trust the Warriors defense to be able to wow keep them in any game. 
Yeah. But the games they've lost, it it it's it always defense. devolves to the same thing where it's like, yep. oh, it's kind of just Steph by himself out there. Yep. And if yep. he's having one of those games where he's not shoot making impossible shots, you're like, dude, it's just a rock fight. <laughs> That's it. So that, I mean, that Charlotte game, Jordan Poole was playing poorly, so he didn't play. I don't think that happens again, right? Like, I don't, I don't think that's – Andrew Wiggins played well in that game, so he, he wasn't – Also, the Memphis game, but, Jordan Poole didn't play in the, yeah. down the stretch in either game. Exactly. I'm not saying Steve made the wrong decision because he wasn't playing well in either he game. Wasn't, exactly. But they needed him because yep. they needed someone who could create a shot there. And we might see that Tuesday or Friday, and, and he mm. might be that X factor because Clay isn't back yet, as, as we all know. But um, I, I just think – the. Rudy Gobert, like it's it's not happening, man. If you've he's, got he's a big man, mo- he's more mobile than Rudy, though. Yeah, but I mean, he's not as good as a defender, and and I just he just DeAndre is just the type he's, of guy he's that he's not he's not peak uh, he's not peak Anthony Davis. I was going to say that's a problem. Everything. Now, if the yeah. Warriors make it to the finals and then play Giannis and they can throw Giannis at the five out there, we've got a problem, right? But I, I just Michael Bridges can only do so much. Chris Paul's a he's fine one. Defender. He's one guy. He's one, one guy. guy. Jay Crowder has no chance. What are we doing the, here? The, my whole point about the Clipper thing is when they're fully healthy, they got four of those wing guys. Yeah. The, when the Warriors are fully healthy, they got four of those wing guys you could throw in different things. They got Wiggins. They got Draymond. They got Iguodala. You know, like they got a few options. Phoenix, I mean, Bridges is legit, but like everyone else is just what I would describe as a good team defender. Yeah, I, I, I generally, generally agree with you, agree with you. And I think that's, we're going to see, um, I, I, we're going to see, I think, I think part of the, the fun watch, is that watch eight and get 25 rebounds on Tuesday. Well, it, <laughs> part of the fun is also last year, they did beat Phoenix at the end of the season. And I think part of it was they were urgent. I, I don't, we'll see how urgent the Warriors are in these two games. They're playing a home and home. So if they lose the first, they will be in the second, but uh, I've seen this team come out and, Steph comes out here and he's playing off ball for the first six minutes. You know what I mean? He's like, I'm going to let the ball, let the game come to me. I'm going to let the game come to me. And all oh, of a sudden, one of, one of those type yeah. of games. Yeah. I know yeah but because, because you know what they're going to do, they're going to play off ball. Jake Crowder's going to hit him a few times, right? Chris Paul is going to be holding and grabbing and, and the Warriors going to turn the ball over a few times. And it's a big game, national TV and things get kind of weird. So like, I can see that happening in the first game, but um, I think throughout, throughout a series, if this ends up, and I'm just going way far ahead. But throughout a series, I don't know if I'm too concerned about these guys. By the way, that Suns game uh, that the Warriors won at the end of last year, I remember it. And I remember Jordan Poole being big at the end of the game with a couple self-created threes. And he did. He was 6 for 10. He had 20 points. Wiggins, 38 points in that game. That was one of those games. I remember this vividly, and I'm just pulling up the box score because you know, making sure I'm not misremembering which game. It was one of those games where they threw five bodies at Steph, and that might have been the beginning of the Jordan Poole Wiggins. Hey, man, if you're gonna throw three bodies at Steph, we can get you know 50 points between the two of us, which they did that night. They got 58 points between the two of them. Nope. Um, and you know, if Phoenix again, if Phoenix goes with like those gimmicky Nick Nurse type of defenses where it's like Chris Paul and Bridges and like Jay Crowder all trying to trap Steph at the same time. Guys like Poole and Williams can take advantage of it. So I'm just, I'm just curious. Like, it's early season. If the Warriors win both games. I don't think it means anything. If the Warriors lose both games, at least we'll have something to talk about. But again, <laughs> I, don't, I don't think it means anything. You know, it's, but it's like, it's something to look forward to. And it's something to kind of like, 
let's see how this looks. To, to me, it means more to the Phoenix Suns. Um, but you know how Steph and Draymond are going to be. They're going to take this as, as seriously as possible. This is not, they're not going to be like LeBron who claims he doesn't take anything seriously. Now, do, do you remember in that game last season, Fitz did say they were going to lose the game in the middle of the first oh, quarter. That was, that that was, was the game. Fitz's best moment remember? of the season where Fitz was like, um, because it was 10 minutes left in the first. It's like, what? If J, if J Crowder's hitting shots like that, just go, just start the bus. Yeah, start the bus is what he said. I think it's like, and it, it was, was down like 12 to two. Or something. Yeah, I was, I was going to say, I think it was like nine to two. I was like, Jesus. <laughs> fucking Fitz, embarrassing, chill man. Chill out, man. We're not like, it's not that deep into the game. Yeah, um, I, I, I want to go back to this point. Um, I'm very curious to see how they guard Devin Booker. Um, are they going to, if Devin Booker goes off for 30 plus, are they going to double him or are they going to stick one person on him? Also want to see who guards him throughout the, the game. Wiggins is going to start on him. Are they going to put GP2 on him? Booker is one of those guys that I think he doesn't, like he's not a dribble, dribble, dribble around the court type of guy. Like he gets to his move and he gets to his move very quickly and very well. And he's also... He's also very smart with the way he shoots the ball. He's not loose with his handle. So I, I'm really curious to see how GP2 does against him. JTA is going to get a, to, to a go at him too, right? Um, so I, I'm really, I want to see it. Seeing the Warriors defenders go up against James Harden, Kyrie Irving, Chris Paul, right? All these guys throughout the, the LeBron James, obviously, throughout the playoffs. Um, Evan Booker, man, he might be the next one that, that the Warriors are going to have to figure out here. So I'm, that's the most exciting part to me. Absolutely. All right, we're going to be back after the Phoenix game Tuesday night. Appreciate you. Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945.